Oh, hey there, Rachel. Ugh, hey there, Brian. <laughs> so how was, how was your week? It was disgusting. Oh, my We've God. We've been waiting so long, Ugh. and we get this. You know that feeling when you've been waiting for like two years to hear from somebody, <laughs> and then you hear from them? And but they're it's, awful. <laughs> it's in a letter written by a partisan third party, and what they tell you is the opposite of what you wanted to hear. Um, I think I felt that this past week. I think weekend. we all felt that, oh, yeah. Oh, please. Folks, stay with us for this episode. We need group therapy we here. Need you. This is what this is. This is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no. My sign is no. My number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, before we get into this terrible, terrible news, uh, Let's do some housekeeping, which yes. is good news. <laughs> My this mood just changed. <laughs> yeah, by the time this happens, maybe better things will have occurred and okay. we'll be in a better mood. So we have a live show coming up in San Francisco on May 9th. We had one here like a month or two ago, and it was so popular. It was the best time ever, and the show that came out of it was amazing. Yep. So we were invited to do it in San Francisco, which was such an honor. Yes, and so from Beta Brand. So yep. thank you, Beta Brand. And so we will be out there on May 9th if you're there or in the area, or want to come out, please let us know. Text us. Tweet us. <laughs> we're not giving out our phone number, but uh, we both have dope open DM on uh, on Twitter. At well, Brian I don't. Hecht, but okay. Brian does. I do. At Brian Hecht, I'll handle the RSVPs. Uh, we'll send you out a formal invitation. We look forward to seeing everybody there. Now... Back to the depressing, depressing yes. news here this week. The elephant in the room has to be the Mueller report, oh. the thing we've all been waiting for. And it was an anticlimactic event that we have not seen since, like, what, the Sopranos finale? <laughs> I don't the know. lost finale. The lost finale. It was... It was, it was on par with our finest television except shows. Except applied to our entire democracy. Seinfeld, Seinfeld finale was very <laughs> disappointing. Yes. Okay. So sometimes we're being dramatic and exaggerating our level of it. depression, but this week it was a punch in the gut. It really was. Um, we were. You should have seen the text between the two of us when this stuff. Broke. Oh my god, we were cheated out of the indictments we so richly deserved. I thought there was going to be like a suite of like Rico I it was indictments, be like a Trump family reunion, like the list. The, the the indictments would be like the the invitation list to the Trump family reunion. Yes, with everybody, maybe even including. Melania and Barron, and we got nothing. Nothing. We got nothing. So the question is, and of course, Trump jumped right in and said, no collusion. This proves everything. And now everybody who was affiliated with the investigation is a traitor. Um, and like, it couldn't have turned out worse. And of course, none of those things are true for, you know, layers and layers of reasons. He was not exonerated of obstruction. And even if he had been exonerated or not exonerated, found that there was insufficient evidence of collusion with Russia, like that doesn't mean he didn't do it. Right. And, and they defined, Barr defined collusion so narrowly. Which is not a legal term, by the way, collusion. Right. And right. it was defined as like, actually like signing a contract with the internet like research agency <laughs> even though he was an unindicted co-conspirator yeah. in the uh, Michael Cohen case my question this is a little bit factual here but 
I know that Mueller had this mandate to, uh, you know, to investigate anything and everything related to Trump grifting. So, like, why was there nothing about the Trump Tower in Moscow, about, I mean, the inauguration, all these things? Did they refer that all to the second district? I I think so, to the southern district of Okay, because that yeah. can't all go away. It's not going away. There's still, like, 17 investigations going on. So this is not over. And we actually haven't even seen the report. This was, like, basically a four-page summary by Bob Barr, whose very appointment, I think, constitutes obstruction of justice. Yeah, he's like an empty suit who wrote this memo like months ago that said basically the president can't be indicted or implicated in any of these things. And the president can't obstruct justice because he By definition, because he is justice. Yeah, <laughs> he's the that's definition what he, and of that's justice. why, he, very, the very reason why he was hired. Right, right, exactly. So you have the you, you have so the letter there, actually? I, have, I do. Oh. I printed it out. I printed it out because I wrote a um, breakup yes. letter to Robert <laughs> But let's, get, let's do a little backstory okay. here. So so uh, a month or two ago, you wrote a piece for Vanity Fair, which was a love letter. A love letter to Robert Mueller, right. our finest living investigator. At the time, he At was. the time. Right. And um, I was very effusive about him and very hopeful that he was going to get to the bottom of he all this. He was a savior of democracy. He yes. was the last thing standing between us and Putin-style authoritarianism. Chaos. <laughs> <Yes>. Anarchy. <laughs> And so after this all went down, my editor asked me to write a breakup letter with Robert Mueller, which I happily On 24-hour deadline. And Good yes, for you. Amazing. It was very cathartic. I know we, we talked about it yep. as I was writing it. And basically what I said was that, fine, like you couldn't find collusion, but like why did I have to be the last to know? Right. Like why couldn't he have told me? <laughs> And then on obstruction, like don't even get me started. Like in your mind, non-existent relationship. Right, I think about him all the time. He could at least get a texted, like a post-it note, like Sex in the City, something. something. I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but on obstruction, what what he wound up saying is that he did not draw a conclusion about obstruction one way or another. So he left it basically to Barr to decide. And I just couldn't understand this because I've done a lot of research about Robert Mueller, and I know that in his entire life, he has never been inconclusive about anything. That's right. You said this in the piece. So he's the one who was not inconclusive about prosecuting Panamanian strongman Manuel Noriega and the Gotti, John Gotti and the Gambino crime family. This is the most So what would cause him to just like shrug his shoulders and say, I don't know. To just punt to... This attorney so general. So here's the problem now. He's, what the, the thing probably was behind the scenes, he's saying like, well, there are so many con- constitutional questions related to social media about what constitutes, you know, obstruction. If he said something on Twitter, does it constitute that? And he said, this is a political issue. Let's leave it to the Congress, right? right. But now there's such a public backlash by everyone saying like, oh, he's been vindicated and exonerated, which is not true. Right, because it was like a PR campaign That's right. Bar. And now we're going to have problems getting letting the congressional you know committee do its work, Jerry Nadler. Because they're just going to call them partisan hacks and say like, get over it. We need to focus and we on- have the 2020 election coming forward. And yeah. if there is a backlash, it's only going to hurt us. Thank God for the Southern District of New York, who gives zero fucks about <laughs> zero any fucks. of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they will prosecute who they have to. And if the indictments come in on January 22nd, 2021, then so be it. Then fine. But we need something here. This... We need something. And like, let me just say. like, we talk it, about this Bob? This, this bar. Bob we bar. have to talk about this bar. Because like, the bar could not be lower. <laughs> Is there a less inspiring person than I would just Barr? say that when we saw him, the outfit that he was wearing was clearly purchased in 1986. Yes, at like... And um, you can judge these people L. by L. their fashion. L.L. Bean or something? No, no, Sears. 
Sears. It's a okay. Sears now, J.C. Penny at best. But the funny thing is I've noticed a lot of pictures on social media of him right next to Steve Bannon. Oh. And they are basically twins that have, have been, been separated. Seen the same they, place they've at never the same been time. seen together. And they have the same facial structure and protruding jowls hair. and bedraggled hair, except Barr has much nicer skin oh. than Bannon. Well, maybe he has a facial, re- a moisturizing regimen. He that uses been... La Mer. But they have that same zip-up sweater. That same zip-up sweater, yes. Right. And usually you would think the attorney general would be like, you know, a, a real straight arrow and would have the suit and the tie no matter what, even if like on Sunday night. And But no, he's wearing this like Mr. Rogers getup. Yeah, but Mr. Rogers was much more stylish. Mr. Rogers would never have, <laughs> have obstructed this this Mueller investigation, no, <laughs> absolutely no. not. So, um, thank you for writing that follow-up piece. I think it was necessary to correct the record. It was um, necessary. It, it felt good. It felt good just to tell him, like that we are never, ever, ever getting back together. And <laughs> thank you, next. <laughs> thank you, next. So, <laughs> our entire our entire philosophy of the Mueller report is in the hands of the top forty of the last year, <laughs> last few years. It's Taylor Swift. It's Ariana Grande, they should have. They should have been the special counsel. They would have done a better job than Ariana Barr. Grande would have been an amazing special Non-partisan. counsel. Nonpartisan. Not. Yes, Taylor Swift. She both sides. Both. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we five people. No, just, no. Okay, no. well, we, I'm sure there will be years of discussion about the Mueller report or whatever. Yes, we will keep dozen. you informed. But for now, we just can't talk about this anymore. It's no, just, shut it disgusting. down. Shut it down. No. You know, one case that at least is still alive, at least in the Southern District, is the campaign finance allegations related to the Stormy Daniels payoff and yes. all that stuff. And uh, until recently, although she recently fired him or they separated, was Michael Avenatti, who you also covered exactly. um, in a profile. And you know, when we started this podcast, you weren't writing all these high-profile you know, articles for no. the New York Times and for Vanity Fair. And now we have a, a celebrity writer in our midst. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm just a schmo. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I don't want to torpedo my own career, but it seems that everyone I write about is doomed. <laughs> Is indicted. <laughs> so, like, for, Mueller's reputation has gone through a 180 this week. I mean, there was Luann de Lesseps of the Real Housewives of New York, our, who you our most upstanding citizen who I profiled. And then she wound up going back to rehab and getting sued by her after own children after being in jail, after being in jail <laughs> and, and assaulting a police officer. And now we have the case of Michael Avenatti, who I wrote about last year when he burst into our TVs and turned MS. NBC into like New York Fashion Week with his like amazing style. And to be fair, the angle that you covered on that was completely legitimate then and, and frankly continues to be legitimate today. He I don't know where he got the money. Good. I don't know where he got the money for those Xenia suits. It wasn't even Xenia. Like it oh, was Tom Ford <laughs> custom. Oh, Tom Ford, okay. Like these are like $20,000 suits that he was like mixing up. He told me he had like 20 of them. And I mean, fine, you're a lawyer, you're getting big settlements, but like he was not like that big of a mocker to be no. rolling in like No, he's like an ambulance chaser. Yeah. So I mean there was something suspicious. But so I wrote this piece about him, how everyone was calling him hashtag lawyer bay or hottie Avenatti. I never thought he was hot, but he did dress well. I, I personally was not my type. bewitched, beguiled, and bewildered by Michael Avenatti. <laughs> and he was charming, but he, he did go a little bonkers after the story came out. Vanity Fair changed the headline. And at first, it was something about him being a style icon. And then they changed it to his like skincare re- regimen. And he started <laughs> so like, like DMing bar. me. He's like a 
Attorney General Barr using He's, like La Mer. Yes. <laughs> yes. He started DMing me being like, I'm getting a lot of shit for this. Why can't you change the headline? I'm like, I'm not the editor. I'm just like People a don't freelancer. understand the writers don't write the headlines. Exactly. And I said, surely you understand the writers do not write right. the headlines. Right. As someone who's a publicity whore, he must understand how the media works. Right. But he did not. He did not, no. And um, so that was a little bit. He also did not understand per this week how the law works. Right. So he was arrested. (laughs) This is a long way of saying he was arrested on Monday for trying to extort Nike out of $22.5 million and also in a separate case for bank and wire fraud. Let me just ask you something, Brian. (laughs) Is there anybody on this earth who is not committing wire fraud right now? Well, I think that's a catch-all, right? It's like everybody is committing wire fraud. And everyone's committing fraud finance reform. It's a grifter nation. We know that. So so the the indictment, if you read through it, is fucking bananas and there were all these meetings that were recorded on audio and video and one of the quotes i wish we had glace chase here to read this (laughs) but i'm going to try and interpret it he says you ever held the balls of the client in your hand where you could take five to six billion dollars market cap off of them so he's basically threatening nike's lawyers Right, that's like mafia shit yeah i mean it's very erotic to be fair holding the balls of (laughs) nike is not erotic I mean, basketballs, maybe, really? but testicles, no. I mean, and he's probably going to argue that this is typical lawyer bluster, and he's trying to get a settlement for his client. They're claiming that there was some impropriety with, like, you know, no. paying no, off college no, athletes. No, But I say there's a difference between trying to get a settlement for your client and blackmail, and there's, and there's so much intertwined, converging grifter garbage here. Let me just try and untangle this. So Nike is being represented by David Boys, who represented Harvey Weinstein and Theranos. Who's a monster. Who's a monster. And, and sued me once. Really? Yes. I kind of want to. <laughs> can we go on that tangent? No, okay. you have to come to the live show in San Francisco okay. to find out about it. All right. But yes, David. Well, he he sued a company that uh, I was an investor in, and therefore I lost a lot of money. He's a monster. Fuck him. So Avenatti, he conspired with Mark Garagos, who is the lawyer who represented Jesse Smollett. And also, wasn't he an OJ lawyer? He was, I think, somewhere was, in there. No, he was. Cato. He was Colin Kaepernick's lawyer. He was a big athlete yeah, yeah, lawyer, so he's yeah. represented tons of athletes. And the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York that is prosecuting this case is Jeffrey Berman, who you may remember as the Trump friend and campaign donor who recused himself from the Cohen investigation. So basically, to sum it up. The lawyer who got Jesse Smollett off from staging his own assault this week co-conspired with the lawyer who represented Stormy Daniels <laughs> to try to blackmail lawyers from the firm that hired ex-Massad agents to intimidate Harvey Weinstein's no, no, victims. I, I have to stop you there. This is I, like this, this is, is like the, the mother nope. of all grift. <laughs> it's the nope the, morass. No, this it's, is horrible. So oh. we need to make it stop. This is a no. Nope. This is like quicksand. It's this a, is like a, a turducken. It's, <laughs> it's snake eating its own tail. It's disgusting. No, shut this down. I can't. I can't even talk about this anymore. It's horrible. Okay. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about Israeli psychics. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> a perfect segue. <laughs> You might have heard of this guy. Have you heard of the guy, Yuri Geller? I have, He's like a psychic, right? So um, he's internationally known. He's an Israeli magician, but he wouldn't call himself a magician. He would say he's a psychic, uh, you know, a a spirit guide through the supernatural, and he is best known for bending spoons with his mind. Oh, right. He's like Carrie. 
John Kerry? No, he's like Carrie from oh, the Carrie, Stephen King yeah. movie. These were like, like David Blaine. Like telekinesis <laughs> yes, type I shit? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right. So um, his number one concern right now is Brexit, as it is for many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, being an activist, he wrote a letter to British Prime Minister Theresa May, and he said that he wanted a second referendum. And he has strong feelings about this. He said that it would be tragic for Brexit to happen. It would be catastrophic, especially for young people. I feel it. He says he feels it through extrasensory perception. Does he live in London now? He used to live in England. Now he lives in Israel. So he, but he has a but vested interest, okay. right? So he has deep, deep ties to England. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> right? so like, psychic, psychic ties, exactly. Standing. So he... what is the answer? So he is uh, rallying a campaign for mass telepathy to beam mind rays at Theresa May to cancel Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Old, a second vote. <laughs> so here's it's all in the details. Okay. It's all in the technical <laughs> logistics of this. So at eleven eleven every morning and every night, Yuri Geller will visualize <laughs> Theresa May revoking Brexit, and he's asking millions of people around the world to join him. And there will be a synergistic effect of their mind rays, and it may just convince her. And he, he was interviewed and they were skeptical about it. And he says, look, we have nothing to lose. Why not try? To which I say, there's a lot of there's ridiculous lot things lose. we could try, right? Like I could juggle <laughs> and say <laughs> I'm juggling <laughs> against Brexit. Brexit. You can and literally do work, anything. why not try? But how about taking that energy that would be going into sending Theresa May mind beams and like writing letters to Parliament? Right. That or might like, actually work. That might like, work. Like write a million. Let, let's say and, if he has this infinite ability to compel people to do things, let's write a million letters to Parliament. They can't even <laughs> open the door. It's like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Like you can't even open the doors. There are so many letters. That would get their that, attention. And take as much time and energy as like standing around like faking mind beams. And why not resort to violence? Why not strike down the Brexit? What strike down Boris Johnson? Or go out in the streets and start screaming. Bend spoons it's in their spo- kitchens. They'll be so shocked that they will not be able to function. This is... This is ridiculous. But I thought it was worth noting the, the, the lengths to which people would go to stop Brexit. I would stop. I'm going there soon. Like, I, uh, I, I'm very, I very much want to stop Brexit. I do too. It's a terrible idea, and uh, especially for the children. I believe they're our future. I treat them well. Yeah. Just treat them well. Let them. And lead they will the lead way. the way. They will. <laughs> um, so, are we done talking <laughs> no, about no, Brexit? No, no. Yuri Geller's mind rays to <laughs> no. Theresa May. No, I can't. She's done a lot of things wrong, but I still hope you resist the mind rays. There's, there's stronger. There's arguments. other things to do. <laughs> there's certainly other things that you can do <laughs> with your mind. <laughs> So, <laughs> Brian, you thought Brexit was the worst thing going on in England. I did, yes. But um, it's barely a close third. Oh, really? There are some other horrible close things happening. Close third? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, this week heralded the unleashing of a new spread. Spread? Like a... Like a cream cheese schmear? Yes, like a schmear. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so horrible, we dare not speak its name. Okay, well, I think we're going we to. We must. Right. It's... um. Marmite peanut butter oh, combination. God. Oh God! It's a combination. Have you tried Marmite? I can't. We both lived there for a year. I have not tried it. No, I've tried it. It made me gag. Like it literally was like 
I can't even describe it. If you have, if you've tried it, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you can imagine. So imagine a combination of like a crunchy peanut butter with like a yeast. And this actually happens to be the first permanent product innovation since Marmite was established in 1902. So this is so Marmite has this been is a the moment. Brand, an old favorite, an untouchable brand, and revered um, brand. Maybe Yuri Geller is responsible for this. <laughs> Maybe the brainwaves. Maybe like telepaths <laughs> Marmite. What's well, like that old ad for Kit Kat and peanut, no Reese's, which is like chocolate and peanut butter, right? Two great things that, that t- taste great together. Maybe it, I think that's Kit Kat, but uh, oh no, it's not. That's Reese's. That's so Reese's. maybe maybe they just poured accidentally. Someone poured some Marmite into peanut butter, and they were like, "This is good." They said this is in response to overwhelming demand from shoppers. I just can't imagine people being like, you know what I want? That's <laughs> just like with like uh, Marmite pro- protesting know. outside Tesco's like, and Marks and Spencer's. There's like, like nobody <laughs> who wants that. No. Like, well, I guess they do. I, they no. do a lot of focus group research, I'm sure. If they're bringing it to market, there's a lot of demand Maybe for it. there was like a list of things and people had to like rank Which them. And it was and like, the other things were like worse. diarrhea and Marmite, like vomit <laughs> and Marmite. Vomit and Marmite or peanut butter and Marmite. Peanut butter, it's definitely. <laughs> overwhelming. It was a landslide. <laughs> but, but, no, but no, no, no. They have weird tastes. Like, really that's weird the taste. worst thing I've ever heard. Is it the worst thing? <laughs> no, there's something else that's disgusting. So Deliveroo, which is, you know, a British delivery service, yeah. they announced this week that they're teaming up with Heinz and a network of UK restaurants to bring back the Heinz beans with a Z pizza. Oh, God. And this, pizza, this is like the, the Heinz baked beans that all the British people love in the green can. Yes, and they have they them have for, for breakfast. But they're like not our baked beans. They're not like smoky, rich barbecue sauce. They're like in a thin gruel. Thin, and they're mushy and disgusting. And they, they do not belong on pizza. They don't belong anywhere, but no, certainly no not texture. on a pizza. No, texture. It's just like, yeah. They're like wet and gross. And so they were, this pizza. It is if someone ate our baked beans and then vomited their baked beans. And Put them on a pizza. <laughs> Put them on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and so this pizza was discontinued in 2003. Oh, so it already existed. So it this existed. is a legacy brand. This right. is a zombie is brand like, that they brought back they to They brought life. it back this week. And so I think Brexit is distracting from the real horrors that are going on. That's right. These That's are right. food horrors. These are culinary horrors. Yes. We, they're not getting – that's why you listen to This Week in Nope, is we bring to light the issues that others are not talking about. <laughs> yeah. And you I, might think that the economic collapse of Europe <laughs> is be. the most important issue. But the fact that people are going to be eating baked beans on their pizza is, in fact – And Marmite peanut butter. But it's actually a regression because remember, like, when you used to go to England back in the day and, like, the food was disgusting and then they had this cu- culinary revolution. Right. right. Now Cheese scallops. Right. <laughs> now it's, <laughs> We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> San Francisco show. Um, but they're going back to the, the old days. They regressed. They yeah. regressed. Everybody, it's regression to the mean. Re- yes. Yes. Below the, below the mean. <laughs> okay. So no, so no. No. No to telepathic Brexit. No to pizza. <laughs> with beans. beans. No to Marmite peanut butter. Stay in your lane. Just like. It's a bridge too far. It's a bridge too far. Stay with the London Bridge. We like London Bridge, Big Ben, Westminster. The delightful. Tate Modern. Delightful. delightful. The British Museum. Fantastic. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from bean pizza. No. 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 Just shut, shut this down. down. Okay. Um, I have a music item here. Um, 
music has so many uses. It brings us joy. We're going to go see some live music after we the are show. Actually, we're going to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the borough of Brooklyn. I know. I'll be in three different boroughs today. That's fantastic. And um, you could use it for meditation. In the womb, there's like baby Mozart. Did you use that? For AJ? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, some people like it. So they decided to study, given so many uses of music, they decided to say, what would happen if we exposed cheese to round-the-clock music? Oh. What would happen well, to the alive. cheese? Well, it's alive. It's alive. It's responding. Abs- yes. It's a li- life cultures <laughs> and all living things should theoretically respond to music. So here, they did a very scientific study. I don't know if it was double-blind controlled. Okay. But they took (laughs) the the N equals nine, the sample size of nine. They took nine wheels of Emmental cheese. Okay. (laughs) Each weighing 22 pounds, and they placed each one in like an isolation chamber. Okay. In like a separate wooden crate. And they exposed each of them for 24 hours a day to the following samples. One to Tribe Called Quest, we got it from here on loop. One to Mozart's Magic Flute. One to Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. One to some (laughs) techno thing I've never heard of. And one to some ambient thing. Was there a control group? One was left in peace. Okay. Yeah, so it was okay. controlled. Okay, I don't good. know if it was double. I guess it's double blind because cheese is blind. <laughs> and the cheese doesn't know which panel they're a part of. No. So by definition, this is the highest standard. This is our for, best study. This is our finest living study, except for the sample size, which is nine. Probably not adequate. Okay. Anyway, so they were very – They because cheese can't hear, doesn't have ears. <laughs> Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Cheese cannot hear. So they inserted little mini transmitters. So the energy was resonating from the music directly inside the cheese. Yeah, it's okay. like like that, like blind people hear the music yeah. through the vibrations. So that's a cheese. Um and <laughs> that's sort of offensive, but uh, there there were huge differences in flavor, smell, and taste. Okay. And the shocking results. By st- statistical significance, is that the hip hop sample tested best? It topped the list of all the cheeses in terms of fruitiness. It was the strongest in terms of fruitiness and smell and taste. Really? Yeah. So hip hop is, you know, people who turn their nose up at hip hop, they say it's not music, it's not real music, like, which I don't think a lot of people say anymore. Some people do. But if nothing else, it's useful in aging cheese. For cheesemongers. Cheesemongers. Now, the next, because the best thing about every experiment, you have to say, well, what's the next experiment you're going to do? So this was just on Emmental. So now they're going to do it on 10 different cheeses to see if there's, like, variability. Like, does cheddar do different from Gouda? Do Whatever. Oh. So I think that this will probably lead to them piping in Tribe Called Quest. I feel like this is a great investment opportunity for Jay-Z and Beyonce. Absolutely. They should like start a cheese. But tribe like a is dairy of a certain farm. genre. It's sort of yeah. like early nineties. They should I know. probably be doing like De La Soul. They should test it with with yeah. other with their later genres. They should do some Eminem. Is some it, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, like, like they really Frank Ocean. Yeah. Like all the way, all the way up. So um I guess I support this research, but no, I feel like there are probably better ways to leverage improvements in cheese, scientific improvements in cheese. Have they reached such a plateau that they're resorting to playing music? It's interesting because I went to tequila with Josh in Mexico and we went to this tequila factory where they played Carlos Santana <laughs> and Rob Thomas. Like smooth. Like with- smooth. <laughs> 
<laughs> like on with a loop Michelle Brand on an infinite. Oh, it was on a loop. Yes. So they were probably doing. While they this. were aging the tequila because it, Santana is an investor in this particular oh, brand. Oh, so it's coincidental. And, but it, it was, was an ego play. It was like, an we're ego gonna play, play. Santana. But it was you know the tequila was good. So I don't know. I mean I don't know if they tested it well, scientifically. I think they do like, a double blind controlled study. They should do a cheese tasting. No, okay. No, okay. There's no. better ways to do that. No, 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 no. Shut this down. We don't need hip hop cheese. So we're talking a lot about food today. We are. And Rachel, uh, yes. you're a big fan of hot sauce, right? You I have love. I have thirty. 30 bottles of hot sauce because I just counted them yeah, in my closet. Doug is fucking batshit angry about like it. It's like a hot but... sauce museum up in here, yes. you know? So, I mean, have you ever thought to yourself, well, like, you know, chili peppers are cool. I like habaneros. <laughs> but I wonder what a sauce would taste like that was made out of spiders. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> But I didn't hear this beat. But now that you mention it, I'm open to anything. They make food out of crickets now. Now's your chance. Okay. So So there's this scientist in the UK named Steve Trim who created Steve's Scientific Sauce. And he extracted venom from 300 tarantulas to make the first batch. And it sold out immediately. Wow. That's a high tarantula to hot sauce ratio. I know. It seems inefficient. And it's supposed to make your it makes your muscles spasm in addition to being like really hot. Because you know, you go to these hot sauce stores and it's probably all from the same factory, but they're always like nuclear asshole explosion. <laughs> <laughs> like they give them these there's like a, a, a escalating arms race of ridiculous names, and they all come from the same place. But if it's actually from tarantulas and causing spasms, now now you've got my attention. Yeah, That's of interest to me. It's a different level, right? So because this sauce sold out right away, they've been emboldened, and now they're creating all these other types of foods. Con- condiments? or yes, venomaze, like- which is the tarantula venom mixed <laughs> tarantula with mayonnaise. Tarantula mayonnaise? <laughs> it's coming out later this year. <laughs> <laughs> is it brown and black? I mean, we can only speculate. I mean, there's only two ingredients in mayonnaise, so this is a third. It's a third. So I guess that they, they put the venom in the mayonnaise. Oh, it's so not it, the actual carcass of the tarantula. No, unfortunately, okay. no. So it's hot mayonnaise? It's hot, spicy. And it makes you spasm? It makes you like sort of <laughs> that fall on the ground and <laughs> spasms. So um, they're also looking to launch venomous chili cheese bread oh. which i think that is such a nope that no is... because that's a mild like creamy delicious delight who wants that to cause you who wants any of this but shit to cause there's you no a... progression here it's like we start with a hot sauce then we go to a mayonnaise <laughs> and then like a chili cheese bread like stay in your lane this is insane <laughs> spiders and gluten we don't want no, it no no take all this shit out is that that's a real story right that's a real it's, oh it is for God. real okay it so is. stay tuned coming to a store near you <laughs> and amazon i'm sure venomous spider based hot hot sauce mayonnaise. And hot mayonnaise. shut it down no no no, no. Uh, rachel do you think that um tarantula mayonnaise is kosher um, I don't. Okay. Well, it depends what you put it on. No, are, no, are it's definitely not. Kosher? No, spiders are not kosher. It no, can't be. no, no. It, Beasts it, of the field. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right, it's Purim right now. No, well, no, no just passed over. a few days Pesach ago. Passover's coming up. Passover's coming yes, up. Yes, pas- but Purim is. 
the Jewish holiday that just passed this week, and it commemorates the saving of the Jewish people from an evil leader named Haman who wore a triangle hat, and that's yes. why we eat those hamantashen cookies. Yeah. Okay, so the Jews were saved by a, by a queen named Esther who foiled Haman's plot to kill the Jews. And I know what you're thinking. <laughs> this Esther, she reminds me of someone. Who? And according to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, that person is Donald Trump. He is the reincarnation of Queen, of Esther, Queen Esther from yes. the story of Purim. Yes. <laughs> so he gave an interview this week with the Christian Broadcasting Network. That's the Jerry Falwell one, right? I don't even. I think, I think so. Like the Jerry Falwell the third or whatever. So Pompeo was asked if Trump was selected by God, like Esther, to save the Jewish people from the Iranian menace. And Pompe- oh, because it was like the Persian or it Babylonian. Was in Persia, That's yeah. what the Haman was. Exactly. Right. But so just because the geography is the same does not make Donald Trump like... It's a geopolitical okay. alignment. That's fine. So Pompeo says, yes, this is a possibility and that he's confident that the Lord is at work here. Oh, God. No. I mean, if there ever was evidence that there is no God... <laughs> it is Donald Trump. It is Donald Trump. This is it. <laughs> One of our core tenets at This Week in Nope is the separation of church and state. Yes. The right? separation of powers, the separation of church and state, and the separation of Trump from Queen Esther. <laughs> Exactly. By extension. <laughs> exactly. The Secretary of State should not be out there on Christian TV. They're supposed to be real politics. They're supposed to take the ideological nonsense of the political sphere and translate it into actual actions that people respond to that get shit done. They're not supposed to mimic the, like, revelation end days delusions of the political right No, in no. Queen Esther is rolling over in her grave right <laughs> now. Just, she never existed. There's no Queen Esther. <laughs> we don't Esther. know. We don't know, but... <laughs> Uncle Mordechai. Didn't Madonna... <laughs> Madonna called herself Esther after Queen Esther in 2004. We need her to step in. Madonna, if you want to be a guest here and <laughs> discuss, discuss this topic, we'll bring it back. Until then, no. No. No, absolutely not. No. Oh, shut it down. Rachel, okay. I think you have one last item. Yeah, so um, so I have a personal story about Josh and his keyboard shortcuts. Like his, his computer like, keyboard no, shortcuts? No, his phone keyboard. Oh, okay. His, like, texting shortcuts. Like, okay. you can have, like, macros on your phone. Oh, I didn't know you could yeah, do macros. I, I barely know macros in Excel. I didn't I know, know you, could do them you can on your do phone. it. So um, I texted Josh today to make sure it was okay for me to talk about this, so... He said it was. Okay. So like what me and happened? my dad and the wife. Yeah, exactly. So I, I wanted no surprises. So Katie Rossman tweeted yesterday that, you know, she was upset because iOS changes the word fucking to ducking automatically, which I'm sure you've encountered yes, in your yes. texting. It's very annoying. Given that every other word I write. Yeah, it's, it's a very common, it's much more common than ducking. So I noticed that Josh replied to her <laughs> in a tweet. <laughs> right. Like I'm ducking like I'm a, a bullet. bullet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he replies to her. Or I'm to, fucking a bullet. Either much way. We don't possible. know. We don't know. So he replied to her with a screenshot of his keyboard shortcuts. And I was very interested in Josh's life hacks. He's very good <laughs> at this stuff. So he had CYB, which changes to I'll call you back shortly. And then there was FUC, which populates to fucking. So he got around oh. the ducking situation. Because I have like OMW goes to on my way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you have him too. And then there was MEZ, which changes to Mezcal. I guess he writes Mezcal a well, lot because he he's, he's in the biz. He's in the biz. That's brilliant. And then I scroll down to the bottom and I see on the list. It doesn't say like fuck you later. It says <laughs> WAC, which he programmed to populate what a C word. 
No. Yes. So it's not like a spontaneous. I understand like spontaneously sometimes people say that in an offensive and naughty way. But to have that programmatic <laughs> like, as part of your like normal discourse. I mean, I've been married to far. Josh for almost 12 years. And he's like, you know, he's a thoughtful sensitive person i thought i knew him pretty well and <laughs> i maybe <laughs> i maybe heard him say that word like one time and it was when he was like defending samantha b for calling ivanka trump a feckless cunt and so like i felt like cheryl and curb your enthusiasm be like larry what are you doing i was horrified like why does josh need a shortcut for what how often does he say it? Does can you search his text for that word texting that so frequently that that he needs to have that shortcut so i replied to his reply to katie and i said josh i'm concerned <laughs> and i i asked him what the hell is going on here and he said he uses it in text messages when referring to donald trump and this oh. this raised more questions than it answers because it's fascinating i mean there are many words that you can use to describe donald no, trump but that's but very original word, i like I like it. I like taking a word that's so taboo that you cannot use it for a woman and even for a normally despicable man, but that he so rises to that level that you could just call him that. Look, note I'm not calling him that. Yeah, no, this is not this is not a word for anybody except for women to use. Oh, they, okay. It's an in-group. So it's like the N-word. But Josh says in Australia, it's like a compliment. Oh, yeah, in England, too. I hear it all the time. And you know what? I was on a board call with England yesterday, and someone and said And someone it. said it. <laughs> so it's, so, but I don't care what they do in England or Australia. <laughs> this is no baked bean pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what they say. This word is inappropriate. And Josh, I love you, and I hope this anecdote does not get you in trouble with my family. But please, or del- your employers, no, or del- the, yeah, no CIA. <laughs> oh, he also said today that he he searched his text and he actually only used it once, and oh. he thought he would be using it a lot more, so he made the so short. A preemptive macro. (laughs) So delete it. Delete it from your brain. Delete it from your phone. Okay. Sorry, Josh. I love you too. You're my cousin-in-law. Shut it down. No, no. no. Okay. So we thought that the Mueller report was going to be like the mother of all nopes. And in some way it was. But then we followed up with so many other despicable things that happened this week. I mean, they sort of entertained us. They sort of amused us in some way. So it's just been terrible. Right. Now we need to go from the dark side to the bright side. These are the uh, few things. Things that even in this terrible, terrible week brought us a little ray of light, a little beacon of hope. These are our yups our that yups. everybody, everybody loves. Rachel, you want to go first? Yeah. So my yup this week goes to A.D. Bryant. She's, you know, a comedian on SNL and she stars in this show called Shrill on Hulu. And I was listening, I watched the show, it's amazing. And I was listening to her on Mark Marin's WTF podcast. And she's just like so authentic and real and she talks very honestly about giving up on this whole diet industrial complex and realizing how hollow these goals are to lose weight and what like these companies are selling us and she just decided to focus on being known for her intellect and her kindness and being a good friend and her comedy and her comedy and she's beautiful and not in spite of her physicality but because of it so Aidy Bryant yup to you you're fucking amazing I'm going to put a link to that um, Mark Maron podcast because everybody should listen to it it's very inspiring and great great and my note uh, my yup, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I've I've been uh, enjoying uh, our our liquor sponsor, which is Westward Whiskey. 
Uh, which is, uh, I guess that's our yap too. It's also the reason I just misspoke. Um, (laughs) Their their slogan is grain to glass, not grass. They're from Oregon. We love them. We love them. So thank you to Westward Whiskey. Um, Now on to my actual yups. It goes to, shockingly, the New York State Legislature, which is normally has been for years. Known for chaos. It's a a vortex (laughs) of corruption and grift. It's terrible. I mean, they're all going to jail. It's terrible. But now the Democrats, have taken over, and they're actually doing some interesting progressive things. Here are two of them. Number one, they have just banned robocalls, which is the scourge of modern society. Now, I do have to say there are some limitations because most of the ones I get are in Chinese, and I do not know if they're going to be able to, uh, you know, ban spoofed calls from China through Ecuador or wherever they go. But uh, step in the right direction. Yeah. Better to try that. And they are also going to ban single-use plastic bags which I have done in California, I was always impressed by. Um, And they're even thinking about um, having a five cent surcharge on giving paper bags. So encouraging you like Doug and I do to bring, just bring it. How hard is that? Just bring your bag. Once you get into the habit, you you don't. Just we'd grab it. We have a whole stack there. Just just just, grab on on the way out of the the There's so many canvas bags that we get from like events and whatever. Yeah, they're they're super cheap. Anyway, so good for you, New York State Assembly and Senate. Good for you, New York State Assembly, yes. For once. Anyway, wow. Uh, So... We're not exaggerating here. This has truly been one of the worst weeks since Trump was elected. Maybe the worst. Maybe week the since, worst week since Trump was <laughs> yeah, elected. Definitely. Yeah. So good news is, I guess it can only get better from here. I hope so. Better well, news is we're going to be back next week. We'll be back with if, more notes. Despite this all, if you've enjoyed this program, please subscribe to us. Rate, review only if you have five-star reviews with amazing things to say. Otherwise, fuck you. We don't want to hear from you. Unsubscribe. Just unsubscribe. No like, one's forcing you to listen to this. No, change the channel. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been This Week in Note. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can Okay.